Hi, you're listening to the TL Podcast. My name is Thomas Lehuang, and I am interviewing someone who seems ordinary, but who is achieving extraordinary things. That is the quest of this interview. So let's start, Mark. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you? Uh, okay, hi, uh, Mark DiGiulio, uh turning forty-one in a week or two, um, I think. Um, about me, um, I've been in real estate now um, nineteen, twenty years. Right. I started off um, as a PA and assistant to my now business partner, Spiro Drossos. He's an incredible, influential guy and an amazing agent in his time, but was also an amazing leader and, and is an amazing leader today. Um, I kind of went to uni and made mum and dad really happy. Uh, got a silly piece of paper. Here you go. That's for you. And then I'm kind of like, hey, what do I do? And I literally remember having a conversation with my dad over dinner and I said, well, what do I do? You know, I, I, I got into marketing and marketing was great, but I, I hated all the statistics and research side and thought, no, nah, not for me. And my dad said, well, Mark, you talk a lot of shit. Why don't you try real estate? And I was like, <laughs> okay. And that's literally how it, how it went. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, got, got in. Um, before that, I, I was very much... Um, you know, into to things like music. I, I collect vinyl and used to be a promoter, DJ, and was very much in, in the nightclub scene in my early years. Um, I enjoy uh, exercise. Um, you know, I, I train every morning. Wow. Um, you know, love, love, love sauna, hot, cold, do, do that sort of thing a lot. Um, mentally, you know, physically prepares you for your day, so that's really good, a part of my rituals. Um and yeah, a bit like yourself, I'm, I'm passionate about uh, toys and cars, and, and I like old things. All right. Uh, not so much cars, I like old things um, that break and don't run and sit in the garage more than the road. So yeah. Yes, you're, you're not anybody. I think that you've been in the top 100 in Australia like year in, year out. You, your business is in Melbourne, in Doncaster. And, and, and one of the things that I really was hit by you, so I'm going to get into that straight away, right? Because yeah, is, sure, is, sure. Is the fact that you you like to call yourself a property psychologist. Okay. Uh, you've you've yes. been doing some research. Well, you have to do <laughs> some research. I know a lot about you. Don't, you don't have to worry. It's coming up. So so what what is it? I mean, aren't we normally salespeople? I mean, what is it that you call yourself psychologist and then sometimes therapists? Like, you need to fix people's emotion too? Yeah, 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 very much. Um you know, I was talking to my, my business partners and I'm like, you know, this real estate thing isn't really real estate, is it? You know, we're, we've got some new um, younger people coming into our business and we're training them and mentoring them. And, you know, it's really funny. They go do this course and then they come in and, as you know, like the course teaches you nothing. <laughs> like You said it. I didn't say it, Mark. You said it, right? <laughs> it teaches, uh, and it's... And, 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 of course, you've got to know the legalities and, and, and we run a very clean ethical business. But I, I think it's really interesting where, you know, we, instead of teaching you the, the legalities and 
and the numbers, which is great, like we really need to teach people how to win hearts. And, you know, that's where the, the psychology comes from because you're, you're dealing with very smart, dumb people that are incredibly educated, but, you know, when it comes to property, emotion is clouded and they, they can't make a decision to, to save themselves. And, you know, it's, it's no different than a marriage or a relationship. You're just trying to forge it together between a buyer and a seller and, and just understanding stuff that has no relevance whatsoever or they're trying to use logic in an emotionally applied process when people are typically buying and it just doesn't work. So you're dealing with um, a set of emotions yep. and you're providing therapy because you can sit there and just hear this, 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 and you're thinking to yourself, well, I know how to fix this, but you just can't see it. And a lot of it is fact-finding, asking questions, and then trying to manoeuvre them where you need them to go and, 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 where, and where they need to go um, if, if they can't see it. And, and as the agent, you should know what's best for them to, to get them done. So, so, so what, what are some of the dumb decisions that you see buyers or sellers make? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 where do I start? I mean, you, you um, said, you said uh, I mean, I, I just started you on, on, on that direction. One of the things you said is some people, they, they pick an agent based on the colors. And they, they go, oh, I like those colors. That has, yeah. I'm picking that agent. That, that is real dumb, right? They'll be like buying a car because it's red. It's as if the car's going to go faster than green. Yeah, so, so yeah, I've, I've, I've said previously and, and been quoted this, like, I mean, I, I think it's really, really ridiculous. Like, you, you look at um, any other profession, uh, lawyers, accountants, um, surgeons, anyone of a high-level profession that needs technical skill or ability in some capacity, people are chosen based on prior performance yeah. or they're, cho they're chosen on education and credentials. But in our industry, it doesn't work like that. People choose you because I like your haircut or, <laughs> oh, gee, he had bad body odour or, uh, no, we've got kids at the same school or, oh, gee, you know, that other guy, he, he just didn't, you know, I just didn't like him. Oh, the car he drove, or whatever, and, yeah. and it's absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, I, I, I see agents and and my competitors and and people all over Australia, and you know, I, I wish them well. They're, they're great agents, but you know, they're walking around saying, "I sell this and I do this and I'm the best," and and I'm guilty of that. I've done that before, but and even if I am, as you know, no one cares. But the reality is, to, you, you, you got to win. You got to win their heart, and you know you kind of got to be that uh, best mate. But you got to be the metro, metrosexual to, to the wife as well, or girlfriend, and, and chameleon to the individual. It's it's bizarre when you think about it. Like oh, I've got all the results, all the statistics to show you. I'm going to get you a better price, which is what you're telling me. But you're going to select them because you like them. Mm -hmm. It's it's so silly. Yeah, yeah. My, my opinion, yeah. My no, opinion. no, no. I think it's a great opinion. I, I absolutely agree with you. But w how about being a psychologist to buyers? C can you give us some examples? Um, <clears throat> being a psychologist. Um, okay, so, and I'm just talking generically here. Yeah, so yeah, you might have um, an offer that is a, um, an incredible offer. Um, you've received the offer, let's say, within a week, and 
you've got a vendor where you know they've already told you what they want and it's incredible, like it's $150,000 over and, you know, I've, I've, I've had situations where they're doctors or GPs and they're really highly educated people and, and, oh, you know, we're unsure and, oh, we want to think about it, oh, but what about this and what about that? It's like, mate, you just told me you wanted this three weeks ago. I got you $150,000 more but they just can't make a decision. But but then they've got their mother that's, you know, in ill health and they're in need of funds or, like, what's that got to do with the transaction? Or, oh, you know, we better talk to our kids. Well, your kids are 11 and 12. What does it matter? Like, <laughs> you know? Um, and you just want to shake. You just want to shake these people. You know, wake up. Wake up. Oh, but Mark, you know, oh, they spoke about interest rates and, and they're coming down and the market's going to be better. Well, how certain are you? Oh, I'm pretty certain. Didn't the news just on yesterday say something else? Oh, but there was good news today. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you're you, an idiot. Yeah, you don't, you, don't have, you don't have to go far and see how many people that jump on the bandwagon during COVID with properties and are now just paying double, right? So so you, you just tell them, those guys sat there and went, oh man, this is the right time, this, this is a good deal, we're gonna make a killing. And and now they have to dump the properties they can't afford it. It's, so that tells you just not so long ago, the mistakes of not one or 10, but of hundreds of thousands of people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just find it remarkable, you know, like if, if people, just, I suppose, look at things logically and why Why did you start this process? And and as a, as a property psychologist, I'm always putting it back to them. Like, I mean, you know, you kind of got to sit them on a couch and say, well, why did you come to me? And, and if you think of any psychologist, when, when they help the client, the psychologist doesn't tell you anything, do they? Like, you pay them all this money, but the psychologist doesn't tell you anything. They ask you questions and then they make you answer the question yourself. And that's effectively what I'm trying to do. Like, so, you know, you get these smart, dumb people where you know it's a good offer, but you've got to ask them questions and bring them back to the reason why they started this process and then hopefully it resonates to them and they say, yes, that makes sense. But then we're human beings and the greed factor kicks in. And then you got to pull them back again. So, yeah, it's it's interest it's interesting. You know, you know, you, as agents, we're mentally exhausted. It's 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 very tiring. Yeah, but I, I like how you call them smart, dumb people because they smart. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the money to buy a house. They they they. But when it comes to buying a house, somehow they move themselves from that smart state into the dumb state, and and they they get, they get to that level where they give power to. People who are external have got nothing to do with the house or real estate. Yeah, like, oh, I'm selling a property at 140 Manningham Road here and, and, and it's a great house, but it's a main road. And, you know, you get people walking in and oh, it's a shame about the main road. And, you know, I want, I want to hit them and say, well, you parked your car at the front. <laughs> you know it's a main road. Why are you telling me? Um, and, you know, like... I got an offer on the property and we're negotiating and, and, and this guy's an accountant, you know, and he, he makes good money and, and we're chatting and, you know, we're squabbling over $15,000 and 
you know, he's buying it because his daughter wants the property. And it's like, well, you know, are you really going to care in five years? Let's put this into perspective, mm, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's all about emotions. It's all about psychology, you know, and it's just bringing people back to the reason and, and then motivating them that way and, and moving them forward. Yeah. How about your salespeople? Because uh, there's so much I want to ask you today, right? So your company last year bought Philip Webb. It's like Philip Webb, the, the king of real estate in that in the area. And your yeah. company just bought him out. I mean, this this is just crazy. I, I remember when I met him. I think it was his fiftieth when he received the Mercedes, you know, and and, and they, <laughs> from, from from his wife. And I'm going, hold on, they have bought him out. I mean, how how does that work? So. Uh, I understand that you had to, you had what they you, uh, established what you call culture 2.0, that you guys had to re really come up with, like, what's the best of what we do and what's the best of, of, of Philip Webb. But how how do you control 170 salespeople? How do you con have 90% retention? Yeah, it's uh, it's challenging. There's no questions about it. Phil, um, you know, being a local boy growing up, he was an absolute juggernaut and, and had an amazing business. But you know, sometimes things happen for a reason and right place, right time. Look, I've, I've got, you know, two other business partners um, in Theo and, and Spiro, and, and, and they're amazing. So you certainly can't do it without help. Look, logistically, it, it was very challenging. We've got some amazing processes back of house that we knew that we needed to transition. Um, for probably the first six months, it was very much about running sort of two parallel businesses where – we didn't want to upset what they were doing. We were still learning, you know, how they were running and, and managing it um, because it's it's certainly one of the largest in Victoria. That I know, I'm not sure about Australia, but possibly the largest in Australia. It's it's a, it's a huge rent roll and an amazing business now that we've combined. You know, just getting to know everybody too, it, you know, such a such a challenging part. It's like, hi, Mark. It's like, hi, Mark. <laughs> Hey, you, how are you, you know, like, um, and, and I'm very big on being personable and, and I'm coming home going, honey, I just can't remember all these people. It's just like terrible. Um, but after kind of the first six months and understanding what we like, what we don't like, um, we, we sat down with Brendan, who's the, the, the head of our, our rental business on and, and one of the directors on, on that side of the business. Um, and we said, you know, what, what do you think? And, He's like, well, it's it's pretty lazy. And we're like, lazy? What do you mean? He's like, well, we, we can get this more efficient. And, and look, that's what happens when you become such a, a big juggernaut and giant of your time. You know, we, we were going from roughly around sort of uh, 1,800, 1,900 properties to now having combined over 7,000. 7,000 know, property it, management. It's incredible. It's huge. Um, and and we, we're now running it like we had you know, 2000 again. So we're, we're, we're very strategic. We're running it very lean. We've got an amazing culture. I can't tell you how important the culture is. Like our, our team, both sales and rentals, I, I have never seen it like this. I, I, I worked at the Barry plant for 20 years. It was my first job and only job. I've never gone to any other real estate company. So I don't know if the grass is greener on the other side. It's I, not. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but I can't tell you how much the Philip Webb staff loved the integration. They they were looking for a fresh new approach. They were looking for fresh ideas. They were looking for fresh direction. And not that Phil 
wasn't able to offer that. But, you know, I suppose he was kind of later in life and built an amazing business. And when you're comfortable, but we just really want to grow it again. We want to go from strength to strength. And, and we're looking to have more acquisitions and natural, you know, progression and growth. But they were just so happy to be of, of, of a new team going somewhere. Um, and, I, and I reckon everybody just lifted. And, and the Barry Plant team, Philip Webb, together, the culture is great. You know, we have quarterly catch-up nights. We've got a Barry Plant basketball team, an indoor soccer team. Everyone just, like, it's, it is honestly, I've not seen it like this. We share a centralized database, data, both sales, rentals. We have overlap, crossing, no no nitpicking, no, no fighting. Of course, you have the, the arguments. I get it. But I, I suppose we're at a level now where I think the staff have respect for each other, where they can talk to each other and they work it out. It's not like, oh, Mark, you know, I need to talk to you. Oh, Mark, I've got, you know, Oscar, I've got this problem. Or Theo, I've got this problem. It's it's very much that mutual respect and, you know, oh, can I cover an inspection for you? Oh, hey, do you want me to go out to this one for you? And right. just a great dynamic. But when you, run great. Such a, when you run such a team, you don't have just one manager. How many, how many managers have you got reporting to you? Um, so I'm a sales director, but I'm an active sales director. So I'm, I'm actively listing and selling, you know, 100 houses a year plus, right? Yeah, so know. Uh, yeah. they, 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 report, they report to, to, to Spiro and then Spiro runs the day-to-day activity of the business. And then we meet uh, normally weekly, monthly, and then we review, hey, how are we going? Where are our numbers? Are we on track? Are we not on track? And then we influence that side. So Spiro has, and Brendan, uh, really deal with the rental side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the overlap and we all come together. Right, right. But what about in sales, though? You, so you you have sales team unit responding to a, a, a sales manager? and or, Yeah, we or, do. So we've got or, Martin, yeah. Martin Ferrosi. So Martin okay. runs our sales meetings, um, runs our one-on-one KPI meetings with, with the business units and individual teams. Um, and we've got roughly now, we, we'd have over 25 sales staff in total that we're running with. Um, and we, we basically run pods. So, you know, if you come into our business, um, you know, even if you're an experienced agent, we would team you up with a senior agent. We would go out with you and critique you and just make sure that you're okay. Kind of like training wheels yep. for maybe, you know, um, three months, six months, depending on what you need. Yes. And just make sure that you're doing it the Barry Plant way and, and this is what we like and this is how we do it. Um, because as you know, you get bad habits along the way. But but Martin is responsible for that, does training as well together with Spiro. And, and Martin Ferrosi um, on the sales side, yeah, he's, he's excellent. Um, great guy. He's overcome some real diversity and challenges recently. So um, he, he's an absolute gentleman. We, we wish him well. He's, he's incredible. So how many staff have you got for property management then? So we had a Christmas party just recently, and I think we had something like 160 people. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just, yeah, maybe you need to interview Brendan and Spiro. Maybe you need to interview them. Oh, wow. uh, but the, the one thing I really like about what you said is, is because you guys call yourself the uh, psychologist in, in properties, you, you really push for two things. One, you're going against the digital technology. And number two, you're really forcing your property managers to now picking up the phone and face-to-face meetings rather than SMS or emails. Well, we do both. We, 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 we do both. And, of course, you know, it's, it's time effective. But 
you got to look at your high net clients. So, you know, if you've got clients that have got multiple properties with you, of course, we will, would do things a little bit differently. But, um, you know, we've just got to make sure that everyone's being taken care of and, and that they're heard. You know, that's the important part. Yeah. So what about in sales? I mean, you, you're getting your people to still prospect. I mean, I don't know what they're going to prospect when you have like 7,000 in property management already. They're probably walking between a lot of doors in order to to door not one that is not uh, managed by you guys. But so you said also you're doing a lot of letterbox dropping still. Um, yeah, look, we, we do everything. You know, I, I I don't think there's one one fix, and and you know every agent knows that, and I think it's just doing everything and doing it consistently. And, and making sure that, you know, okay, hey, if you've got that commitment, you keep the commitment and, and you do it. Um, look, we're, I, I'm very big on letterbox, and, and the reason I'm doing that is a lot of other agents aren't doing it. And, you know, the, the, the social media space, you know, I'm sick of it, to, to be honest. My, my head hurts. It does. <laughs> it, really, it really hurts. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I was thinking about deleting Facebook the other day, and then I'm like, oh, no, Marketplace. I need Marketplace. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm sick of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sick of agents big noting themselves. I'm sick of agents but do you get? About... But do you get your people to be on, on social media or not? Yeah, look, we don't have a, we don't have a set criteria around okay. what they can and they can't do. We, we, we leave that into their hands. Of course, with all our agents, we try to have a marketing plan over a 12-month window. What are you going to do? What does the marketing plan look like? Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty hard. You know, when I say I'm sick of it, I'm sick of it. Oh, hi, welcome. I'm going blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, you know, that's, that's okay. And I know there's a lot of trainers out there doing that, and that's okay. When you're new to the industry, you may need to do that. You've you got to get your face out there, and, and, I, and I respect that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just going old school, you know. Go, go knock the doors, go do the letterbox drops. Um, I'm, I'm at home today, but, you know, I ask anyone that works with me and ask them where my office is. And what they will tell you is it's Krispy Kreme Donuts at the Bulleen Plaza. And that's my core market. I, I'm not in the office. I, I, I almost done this Zoom meeting. My little one's on well today. But I, I would be there now doing this meeting. Um, I do all my pre-auction meetings, all my vendor meetings, all my buyer. Uh, if I've got a buyer appointment that wants to talk about property or developers, um, appraisals that have a rental in it, I won't get them to come to my flashy office and, you know, I'll just keep it casual, you know. No tie, relax, pair of chinos, have a cup of coffee, a donut, and break bread, psychology, and get to know them. Nice. And it's it's all, it's all at Krispy Kremes. That's that's where it's at. So, but I'm in the community, and people see nice. me. And, and and you know, I, I think my clients are more impressed when I'm talking to them. And oh, hey Mark, oh hey Mark, hey hey, how are you? Good to see you. You know, worries how and 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 you get stopped a lot. But I'm in the community, and, and people know me, and it's it's good and bad, good and bad. But that's another form of prospecting. Yeah, but, if, do it but I believe yeah. that you're, you're, you're exercising every morning, so there's no bad with uh, Krispy Kreme donuts then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just go, I go, I go a short black, you know, just try, try keep it to, to three a day. So, so uh, do you do you enforce it into your sales team? Like sales team uh, team members must be at a cafe, or, or rather than being in the office. No, I don't. Look, I encourage it. 
I, I encourage it. And, and, and some people are better than others. Like, I mean, we've got people in the office that are excellent on social media. Um, we've got others that are better face-to-face. Some are better on the phone. But, look, I think the fundamentals have not changed. Um, you've got a database, your clients, so you've got a system to, to track them. You've got to control them. And you've got to have all your recurring settings and, and all that stuff, especially when you start expanding. But it's it's face-to-face. My, my best forms of prospecting for me are letterbox drops, doing my work in my office at, at, at the cafes, and basically auctions. You know, for, for me, auction day is a, is a really big thing. I, I do all my own auctions. Um, I occasionally do some for the team. But we're, we're very blessed at, at Barry Plan Eastern Group. Like, I mean, I've, we, we've got about six, seven different auctioneers. So, you know, you can pick and choose whoever you want. Yep. Um, but I, I, I'd certainly encourage agents that are not auctioneers to become an auctioneer and, and get out there because you're meeting, as you know, 20, 30, 50, 100 people. And, you know, I, I relish the idea of being able to broadcast, and that's what it is, that's broadcasting, Mark DeGiulio Inc., Barry Plant Eastern Group Inc. You know, that's 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 huge. And and today where everything's Instagram, Facebook, Netflix, you know, the the years of auctioneering and 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 it's like honestly, shut up, get on with the auction, and you can see those auctioneers when they're in the crowd, it's hilarious because I sometimes you know, I've seen someone on Sundays or if I'm, I've got some time, I'll pop out. I'm, I'm always curious. But look at the crowd. And the crowd is doing this. Come on, get on with it. Get, get like, t- today it is all engagement. So you've got to be engaging. Yes, you've got to get to the point, but your personality needs to shine. It, it needs to shine. I just think there's so many cookie-cutter auctioneers out there. They're all the same. And I I win business on that because I am different. My language is easy. You know, it's it's technical when it needs to be, but it's it's normal human English that every day-to-day people talk. And that's relatable. It's relatable. Yeah. So how do you – you spoke about having a child being sick today, so you're, you're, you're at home. And, and obviously, you know, you needed to be in front of a, a screen. Sure. Uh, so how do you find balance with 170 people around you? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, you need inner peace, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you do that? Oh, I've always said, you know, that, that there's always a, a direct relationship between uh, your personal life and fitness and your professional life and fitness. Um, I, I used to be a very big boy. I used to weigh about 130 kilos, so I, I used to be really, really big, and I've lost a lot of weight and maintained that over my life. Um, uh, naturally, uh, you know, diet, exercise, etc. so none, none of this uh, cheating, nip-tuck type stuff. Um, but I, I, I like routine. I'm, I'm, I'm good in routine. I... I wake up 4.30, 5 o'clock most mornings. Um, I'll train probably four times a week, five times a week. Um, I'm big on sauna um, and, and swimming. Uh, I enjoy that. And, and that sets me for my day. 
that 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 sets me for my day. You, you said twice of sauna. So 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 what's the benefit of sauna? I mean, no, you perspire, and that that's it, right? So so maybe toxin leaving you. I mean, you said it twice. You said it at the beginning and now. Yeah, it is. Um, so you haven't done any research on this one? No. Okay, so um, if you do some research, there is a direct relationship between. Sorry, I'm just gonna cancel this. There is a direct relationship between um, sauna, regular sauna usage, and um, physical and mental well-being. So, um, if you do sauna only three times yep. a week, yep. um, there's studies in Switzerland for people uh, later in life reducing cardiovascular and heart disease and heart attacks by forty percent. That's huge. Okay, forty percent. There is also a further relationship with those studied um, that were suffering from depression and anxiety, and there was a further reduction in those people by about twenty-five percent. Wow! So, um, yeah, a, I, a, a, I, I I enjoy it. Any kind of sauna or the infrared ones? I I, I don't have an infrared one. I, I I've done some more homework on this. The yep. infrared ones. Um, Look, the technology is new, and I know they say it's safe, but they also said smoking was safe and the COVID, COVID vaccines were safe, or, you know, who knows, right? So um, I'm a little bit cautious. Um, I, I, I use a traditional steam sauna um, with rocks, but the infrared saunas, for me, I, I just feel it's a microwave. I, okay. I didn't like the the feeling, the sensation, and I just don't know... Is it, you know, it's, it's infrared, right? It's microwaves. Is it an accelerator for cancer or whatever like that? That I don't know. I'm not an expert. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, yeah, just for me, um, sorry, I've got calls coming through. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right, man. Busy racing yeah, agent. We, <laughs> talk, we were just talking about balance. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, after, and after work, you know, as well, you know, if you're having a stressful day, Nothing better than just jumping in and, and you know, you, you'll, you'll, you sleep better, you know, you, my skin feels better, everything's better. And, and and my kids love it too and it's a great chance. Like, they, you know, 4, 6, a, it, it could be freezing outside. They they jump in with me, we talk, you know, every, you know, you obviously got to regulate them, make sure it's not too hot and give them water and everything, but then you jump in the, in the pool or a cold shower and, it's a good bonding thing too. So that's how I I, I de-stress yeah. sometimes. Yeah, most so, of the time. There's other, I've got other things too, but yeah. Yeah. So you're 41. Uh, you have what is it? Two, three children. I have three children. Yeah. And uh, and you're running around making about 139 sales in a year. Obviously, there's times at work, even though there's a legislation now about you know, don't need to pick up the phone or answering the phone. How do you not pick up the phone? You know, when you have 139 sales. <laughs> no, but when you're around the family, so I mean, guys like you obviously will have to, will have those kind of rules too. If you have routines, that if I'm around my family, that's it. There's no phone call. There's nothing disturbing me. But then you have the phone still going. You have 170 people who need your attention, or not talking about the three sales that you've lost today, and uh, you know. Because they said, you know, they were on a busy road that they didn't see it when they turn up at the open house, for example. Right? So there's a bit of frustration. And in the middle of that, the kids go, do you know, Dad, I'm not doing very well at school in maths. I just need help. I mean, things like this, huh? Yeah, look, um, I'm very lucky. Um, 
my wife is super supportive and, and she's also in real estate. So we, we work together so she understands if, if I need to pick up the phone. Um, I'm very conscious of that. You know, I, I hate I hate going to restaurants or, or cafes and there'll be a family of four or five and everyone's doing this. So I'm, I'm yeah. very conscious of that. Um, and, you know, the, these are the worst, best thing. You know, it's, it's, it's the best thing but the worst thing too, right? Because it's designed to take your attention away from what you're doing. Um, as you know, look, I, I'm conscious when I'm at home, um, I make an effort, you know, we all sit down, we, no phones, no TVs and we talk and, and my kids are great like that and, and my kids are really good, like I don't, I don't need to argue with them, it's like, hey, now give me that, you've been on it too long, straight away they're fine and they don't necessarily want it, they'll, they'll go do their own creative play. Um, you've got to learn to care but not care too much and you've probably heard that before but... Um, Look, I care. You know, I, I, I lost the I lost the listing the other day, but I don't care. I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, you know, I I miss a call. Yeah, I've, I've had four missed calls just talking to you. Um, do I care? Yep, but I don't care. You, I just you, I, and I've just detached myself a little bit. And my wife thinks it's a bad thing too because she thinks I don't care about anything now. Like the only thing I care about is. <laughs> is my toys and, 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 and getting up in the morning, right? But um, I was like, yeah, it's, it's a problem, but it's not a big problem. It's okay. And, but I've always been like that. I've never, I've never worried about money. I've never worried about, you know, uh, family, death or, or the government or whatever. Like, I've never worried about uh, – that's just my personality. I don't, I don't really – it doesn't concern me. Like I, I'm, I'm very um, – I think I'm, I believe I'm a high-level thinker when it comes to stressful situations. That, that's just me. Um, and I know that's hard for everybody. So, yes, I make a conscious effort not to look at it. I know it's difficult, but, you know, I think people look at it because they're worried they're missing out, and that doesn't bother me. Doesn't yeah, bother all right, Mark. So, so what is a high-level thinker? Just being able to navigate. I think it's being able to navigate. I think a high-level thinker knows how to navigate and understands how to deal with stressful situations that others may be impacted by directly or indirectly. And when they are impacted by it, they crumble and they turn into a snowflake. You've heard of the snowflake generation, right? Yep. So so there's too many of them. Like I was talking to this with with my business partners, with with Spiro and Theo the other day, we were were having a dinner and a catch up uh, after every month. And we think that, I think anyway, no one wants exertion. No one wants to put in the sweat, the equity to be able to get the return back, but everybody wants it. So, you know, I think a high-level thinker needs to be able to absorb the knocks, absorb the pain, but still be able to think logically, you know. It's like when an axe murderer is chasing you and you're in the car and you've got the keys in your hand and you're fumbling and you you can't think to get it into the car to start the car, you know, I, I think a high-level thinker would look th- look at that and be able to, con- I, I think I'm in that category, that okay. just man. Yeah. And I've had adversity and challenges in my life too, but just like everybody, but I've always kind of been able to centre and focus and, and, yeah, that was that time and you move forward. Is, is that a quality that you get or is that um, because you have conquered a, a, a major event in your life that's given you that belief and that shift? 
major, not a, no, I haven't had a, a, a major, you know, event or a black swan, for example. No, I, I haven't necessarily had that. I've had okay. adversity and challenges like everybody. But yeah. So it's I, your I personality. It's, You're talking about well, your personality. I think, I think it's entrenched in me, yeah. 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 Okay. I think, I think I just think it's 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 intuitive and it's it's in me, you know. Like, yeah. okay, you know, oh, we've got no sales for the month. Okay, I know what I need to do. Off we go. <laughs> Okay, well, well, then, then I need your yeah, help. I need your help here for the, the the audience because what you're talking about is resilience. You you somehow. So, what would be two or three tips that you have for these people who something happens? It's almost like the end of the world. They even thinking about quitting real estate. You know. So, what is it that you do? Two or three tips. Yeah, two or three tips. Um, I think the first part is a bit like the property therapist. Remember why you started. What's what's the reason you're doing this? And it's all goal orientated. No different. You know, you're going to the gym, or you know, you're, you've got a reason. What's what's the motivation? Return yourself to the reason why you started it. So that's the first thing I, like I would it. say to you. I like it. Okay. Um, the the second thing I'd probably say to you is if you're if you're doing this as a job, you're in the wrong business. If you're doing this as a career, I say you're also in the wrong business. If you're doing this as a lifestyle, I think that is the right reason you do this job. It wow. is a lifestyle. And it, it, it gives you the lifestyle that you're probably craving. So if I want to go to work today, I can go to work. If I don't want to go to work, I don't have to go to work. If I want to pick up the phone, I pick up the phone. If I don't want to, I don't need to. And... That's a lifestyle. But it all starts here. And I'm at chapter 18, and a lot of other people are maybe at chapter 2 or chapter 3. You can't operate at an 18 capacity when you're at chapter 2 or 3. So when I first started, there was no other option. You know, plan plan B was shit. <laughs> and, you know, plan, plan A is what you needed, right? And you've, you've heard this all before. But... I, I, I honestly think if you're doing this, just remember why you're doing it. That's the first part. Plan, the second part is what lifestyle are you looking for? Yep. And then I want this. I can create it and, and make sure you're not comparing your chapter 18 to someone's chapter 2. Mm. Um, and the last part is I, I would just say be, be hungry. You know, you got to have the fire in the belly. You know, how how full is your tummy? And it comes back to that word I said earlier, exertion. You know, people don't want to exert themselves. People don't want to push and 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 have a level of pain. And I, I just I keep coming back to it. And looking back on my career now, I always think to myself, you know, it was it's it was tough. Like I mean, I was doing Sundays. I was doing after hours, I'm doing before hours. Um, it, it, it was pretty crap. And it's hard with a family. Like, I mean, I, I think if you're in this business and you're fresh and you don't have the attraction, it's really, really difficult when you've got a family to do this job. It's, right. it's so hard. Right. I'm very lucky now that I, 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 I prospect and, and I go out there and I meet people. Am I doing it as hard as what I was in my 20s? No, I'm not. But I have attraction because I busted my ass in my 20s and now it's still coming back to me now and you have that repeat network and, and that business. So 
I, I would say you need to have some some sweat equity in. You, you need to have yeah. some skin in the game, some some blood in the game. Skin isn't good enough anymore. You can't have skin in the game. You've got to have some blood in the game. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going nowhere. You, but you said be hungry. I mean, after 21 years and after all of these now cars being collected, someone will say to you, but I'm, I'm now satisfied. I'm, I mean, how, how can I just keep on being hungry like on year one or year two, chapter two? I mean, year, chapter 18, it's not the same. So hungry for what? That's the worst part of our business. You know, I, I remember being about 32, 33, and I actually had a mild form of pressure i reckon i was i I wasn't diagnosed but i reckon i was depressed because i had won victoria's agent of the year i had won australian agent of the year reia um i'd won barry plant's um awards like for the 13th time and i'm not exaggerating when i say this when we had the awards night for barry plant and the winner is mark de julio and i and it was embarrassing it was like Oh, him again, right? right. <laughs> you know, um, and then and then I'm not even joking. They they changed the award system. They didn't just do it on gross commission. They changed the award system to category agent on their own, PA, two PAs, three PAs, uh, because of me. And I, I I was kind of you know like a little bit lost. Just like, well, what do we do now? Like, you want to write 500 grand? Great, done that. Want to write 100 million dollars? Great. Two million, um, you know, three million. Okay, well, I've done it. Now what? Well, I want to try write four million. Like, what can't you do at three million dollars in GCI that you can't do really at a million dollars? What? Y- 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 there's only so many nice cars you can buy. There's, there's there's only so many nice houses you want or nice things you can buy. Like, you you, you start to lose yourself, and I. I lost myself a little bit. Okay. I was a little bit depressed, and I was like, "What do I do?" Um, so, to keep hunger in this business is very, very hard. I think because you need to have a goal, and once you get the goal, in our business, there's no finish line. And my my business partner Spiro said that to me. He goes, "Mark, there's no finish line in our business," and that really hit home with me because. Once you've done three million, well, let's do four. And you've done four, okay, let's do five. Okay. <laughs> But at what cost? Not seeing your family, yeah. your health, you know, not not having any friends, not like what's, you know, and, and, and then the other thing that I found is because I, I work in the area and live and live in the same area that I dominate, you become one you become one-dimensional. Like you're picking up your kids from school. How's the market, Mark? Oh yeah, it's you no know, case. <laughs> and, and they're just, and then they're just being polite, and and they're lovely people. They're being polite, uh, and I get it. But you know, we had a, we had a dad's night, you know, the other um, just before Christmas, and oh, how's the market, Mark? Oh, Mark, I'm thinking of subdividing, and I got this block, and you know, excuse my language, but shit, you know, I. I want to talk about cars or football or girls or whatever. Like, just talk about something else. And you become really one-dimensional. And, and that's a new challenge that I'm working with at the moment in, in my in my early 40s now that, you know, is that something that I want? Because that's now, you know, also 
detracting away from from what well what I want to be versus what I'm doing. What I do is not who I am. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So to keep motivating is is hard. That that is challenging, and I, I don't necessarily have an answer for you. You no, know, waking I... up every morning, breathing air, and looking at my children and wife is motivation enough. It should be motivation enough. Yeah, I think that going from one goal to a bigger goal is probably not going to be the solution. Um, but I I understand what you're talking about, the hunger. I don't know, maybe you need to transcend that hunger and make it a hunger about the discovery of self, that in in the in the challenge that you encounter year in, year out, that is yourself that you're conquering. In that way, it is satisfying because... Every single time you uncover a new dimension of your own self that you didn't know, you're actually now standing on the edge of something bigger that you can find the following yeah. year. And that's that's internal, right? Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's an internal thing. But mm. from a sales perspective, it's just a bigger goal, bigger goal, yeah. which can become a uh, boring at one point and another point, like I said, you become satisfied. You, you said that, like... You're satisfied. What what can't you do with this much money that you can't do with this much? Money? Absolutely, you only need one breakfast a day, right? So the, but what about now the the, the new salespeople who come in and they want it now? They don't want chapter two, three to fifteen. They just want to do eighteen because if they think, well, Mark, if you've done eighteen, just give me the recipe for chapter eighteen, then I'm saving myself a bit of time. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. You try <laughs> give them the nuggets. You, you try give them the gold nuggets. But it doesn't work like that, and and I've I've really struggled with um, youngsters and PAs and, and people over the journey because no one no one wants to work. You know, I'd done an interview before Christmas, and um, you know, young guy, incredibly presented, you know, very well spoken, and he's asking me questions like he's doing the interview. <laughs> he's asking me questions. What can I do for him? You know, do I have to work weekends? Oh, you know, do you do you have you know uh, a gym facility here? Oh, you know, what are the hours like? So, why are you sitting here? You know, like go away, go away. No, no, no one, no one wants to work. They want it now. You're right. So, motivating staff, and I'm I'm finding some some enjoyment out of that at the moment, um, where I'm I'm transitioning a little bit and. And maybe over the next five years, that's that's something that I'll, I'll then take over from from Spiro, and and Spiro does an incredible job of that. He he's a great leader and, and great mentor, and and I think you know he looks at the staff as a listing presentation. Um, you know, I think that's how he does it, and you know, warms to them, and he's got a great bond with everybody. Yeah. Um, and and that's something that I probably need to start doing, but you know, maybe transferring some of that knowledge to them, but you know. It doesn't happen immediately. It's it's a journey, and and like everyone knows, you're probably got to put in a good three years. I reckon with technology, look, you might be able to do it quicker, but certainly in my day, you know, it was three to five years of you know breaking your back, and then kind of by the fourth or fifth year, you start seeing that momentum and, and growth. Um, the the problem is a lot of people are very comfortable, and then they get growth not through actually trying; they just get growth through riding the market. Okay. You know, the market goes up 10%, so did their, their business, oh, we grew. It's like, well, no, you didn't really. You know, you just, you just, you got a good market and you got better prices, so you made more money. No, so, so, so yeah. I'm not going to probably mention that that kid probably like was doing it for TikTok, but did he get a job? 
Sorry? Did that kid get the job? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. I, I said pack your bags and Mate, go. You're doing amazing, you're doing amazing things. For someone who's just 41, I I cannot believe it because I I, I would have given you 48 because there's quite a bit of wisdom about you. There's also a lot of honesty and transparency about you. There was one thing that uh, on your website it, it, it said which by the way you need to fix because it said 15 years of experience uh, oh, you, well. you spoke about compassion right so is that co compassion how do you explain it because uh, uh, I I have exercised one form of compassion which is a wrong compassion uh, I think compassion at the expense of self is a wrong compassion that's that's not compassion yeah <laughs> So, wh what so, were you talking so, about? So, I, I think it's it's easy. It's it's really easy. It's just putting someone else before yourself and, and understanding their needs and wants before yours. It's, it's as simple as that. And and really getting to know someone, like getting to like them. Like um, many years ago, um, when I first started, I, I didn't have any listings, and I didn't have the score on the board, and I didn't have the sales and results. So they they used to, and, and you may know this, they used to call me the Tim Tam Man. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of that. You're aware of that? Yes. <laughs> no. You are? You don't? No. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Um, tell us. Tell us about it. You'll have a joke. Um, so my philosophy has always been break, break bread, talk business, and, and, and break bread again. So warm and fuzzy, real estate, warm and fuzzy, right? That That's the model of the listing presence for me and, and what I try to teach our staff. Um, but when I was younger, I've got all these great agents around me that were doing magnificent business and I'm trying to crack a market and like, who's this young kid? So what I would do is I would get a, a Barry Plant ribbon, I'd get a, a packet of Tim Tams and I'd wrap it up in a bow, I'd knock on the door and, you know, hey, how are you? Oh, that really good, Mark. Please come in. Do you want to have a look at the house? Well, um, I was hoping there might be a coffee somewhere around here. Where, where, where's the kitchen? And I'd, I'd put it on the bench. Um, and, oh, Mark, let's let's sit down. And it forces them to, A, make your coffee. It, it forces them to break bread and, and eat something with you. And it, it just gets back to that human element of, you know, hey, let's let's have a meal together, right? Wow. You know, the, and, and I'm of European background. And you know that you know Asian background is very similar, and and it was all about you know having a, having a, a drink and, and something to eat together, and and we wouldn't talk business, we'd just talk about the separation they had with their wife or their you know mother having cancer or you know how they're in debt or, or whatever it is, and I love it. you know they tell me tell me stories about themselves, yep. and by them telling a story, it made me more relatable and compassionate to their situation. And then the real estate was easy, and I'd, I would I would win business every time, not on commission, not on marketing, not on where the best. And it comes back to what I was saying about being a property psychologist. It's it's ridiculous. That is good. You know, here's this pimply, you know, fat kid at, at 20, 22, 21, and I'm, you're giving me the keys to a million dollar house, two million dollar house, because you like me, and. I've kind of done a full circle in my business where, you know, hey, I, I, I used to do that. I went away from doing that because I had the score yeah. on the board um, and now I'm going back to doing that 
Yeah. Because, you know, well, you know, I, I think it's the right thing to do. That's amazing. And so at the end, you have some more Tim Tam before you leave, after you got the listing? Is that is that what you have? You, you break bread at the end? No, I used to joke. I used, I used to joke. At, 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 oh, sorry, at the end. At the end, I would always, you know, do warm and fuzzy again. So, yeah, you'd have another cup of coffee or a cup of <laughs> Cup of water, but at the end, I'd always say to him, "Oh, you, you better hide these. The other agents are going to know I've been here, right?" <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, and then they they joke and, "Oh, no, no, we're, we're going to give him one, Mark." Like, oh, you better, you better, you know. So, I like that. I, I think as a as a as a as a twenty year old, that that was kind of a bit quirky and you know a little bit wanky, if you will. But I reckon it worked. And it cracked the market, and and a vendor that's in their forties or fifties looking at me doing that, they're like, "Oh, this guy's different. Oh, we like him." And and the Australian mentality is always give the underdog a go, and and I want it for that reason. I like it. I it's taken me an hour, but I got your secret. You're really about people and 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 funny. I I really really like that. And and <laughs> seriously, uh, Mark, I have enjoyed uh, this podcast. Because I think you're um, a natural and you're a people person, you can tell. And I, I think that if people really get that, whether you're in management, leading a team or, or in sales, we're not really selling unless we got the relationship. Once you get the relationship going, it doesn't matter. They follow your advice. You don't need to sell. Yeah. You don't need to yeah. sell. I, and, and this is what I believe. You only need to sell if you don't have a relationship. But if you have a relationship, all you have to do is influence. Yes, that's so, true. That's true. Sorry, little ones up. Oh, that's good, mate. Listen, I thank you so much for your time, and and ho hopefully uh, we'll we'll get to meet. And I'd like to see whether I can really have an interview of Spiro. So put in a good word for me, will you? Spiro's, uh, yeah, I will. He's, uh, he's 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 incredible. If if you thought my uh, podcast was great, believe me, you're going to get 10x value out of Spiro. Um, He, he, everything I know, I actually owe to him, and then I just took it and molded it and made my own version of stuff. He's he's, he's quite special. No, no, you, uh, you you've got your own style, man. I really like it, Mark. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, thank you. It's been lovely to meet with you, and I appreciate it.